Hi. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Caroline Hong. I'm from Northern Virginia and did my undergrad and worked there for a couple years as a med-search telenurse. Um, and now I'm here as a full-time graduate student. Um, um, so my pastor in undergrad, uh, he said that when you share, blessings are doubled and burdens are halved. Um, so because vulnerability, transparency, and honesty are very important to me, I wanted to be as open as possible as I share about how God has grown and matured me through my family and just through um, all the struggles that I've gone through. Um, so before college, I didn't know the Lord intimately, even though I grew up in church. I dreaded high school, I dreaded high school being home because of my relationships with my parents, and my mom in particular, and I didn't like being at church because I'd never fart, I never felt like um, I was part of a community. Um, I felt like I had no purpose and didn't know what my life was worth, what my life was worth living for. Um, I resented God because I felt like he abandoned me by putting me in a family that didn't know how to love the way I saw other families love each other, um, in a family that had so much instability. Although my family went to church, it was difficult to feel genuine closeness or unity with one another. I couldn't see how God was moving in the seemingly dysfunctional family, dysfunctional family, and it was apparent through the way that we treated one another. My parents have a rough marriage um, and have bad family relations with each other's families, and there's still a lot of bad vibes and, te- and tension within my immediate and extended family. This kind of environment was very toxic as I retreated and completely shut down each time there was a fight, and especially when I got caught in the middle of it. But um, to focus on my mom and me, um, we didn't have a normal mother-daughter relationship. Um, I would um, <clears throat> see my friends and and people um, around me having um, mom and daughter dates and um, having a friendship like relationship but um, that wasn't the case for me Um, it was disconnected and over time a rift was formed between us because of a single choice I made when I was in middle school and after that one regretful decision the relationship between my mom and me became very strained Um, Oftentimes, we wouldn't even talk, but when we did, things were said and done out of anger, um, miscommunication, and hurt. And during those fights, I remember thinking things like, why didn't you just endure it? If you did, you could have avoided this entire fight. Um, You always make amma, which is mom in Korean, mad no matter what you do. You're not good enough for her love, and you're the mistake. Um, And then more than being upset with my mom... Um, I was more hurt by God because he was supposed to be there for me and love me. So um, I believed, embraced all those lies um, for so many years. And um, due to those lies, hurts, and lack of love, um, I went astray to a very dark part of my life as I turned to sinful things for comfort. I turned to pornography, masturbation, and lust in high school, which consumed me, and it became a huge bondage and chain. At certain points, I became numb and stopped caring how bad, guilty, and shameful I felt about it because I thought if God didn't care, then why should I care? Um, And this was my state before going to college, and there was no peace, rest, or comfort, or hope. But thankfully, college was really, really awesome. 
Um, it was the most transformative and freeing part of my life. Um, I was part of Grace Christian Fellowship at UVA, and that was where God encountered me in ways that I could not deny that he was real and present. Um, I was able to see the bigger reason and the bigger picture for my family and saw that I was intentionally placed there to encourage others with similar family struggles. He began a process of healing and pieced together my heart as his relentless love for me helped me turn away from fleshly desires. He also gave me a voice to share my burdens and find encouragement and hope in each other's struggles. And he helped me see how my parents' hurts manifested in certain actions and words that taught me to see beyond that and to directly focus on their broken and yearning hearts. And then he gave me and gifted me the best two younger sisters and a group of God-loving and God-fearing sisters who drove from Northern Virginia today to call me out, um, to love me, and just be with me in my seasons of stagnancy and growth. Um, So going back to my mom and me, after over 10 years of praying for breakthrough, my mom and I have been seeing a counselor for the past year. Um, And there has been tremendous healing, understanding, and improvement in our relationship and communication. I personally learned so much about my mom and her thought processes. Um, And... um, I realize that just because she's my mom doesn't mean she's not human. Um, She has her own fears, her own hurts, and longings and dreams just like I do. Um, To sum it up, I love my family, and I gladly welcome all the struggles that will come with this package. Um, They have been the greatest proponent to any ministry I may have had, and I'm thankful and would not change anything about my hardships. Retrospectively, um, I always wanted to be fully known and deeply loved by someone, and I can confidently say that God had always seen and loved me. He may have been quiet, and there have there probably was a lot of silence, but he was always near. Um, so the theme of my life so far has been perseverance and hope, and Romans 5, 3, ver- 3 to 5 uh, sums it up pretty well, and it says... Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. I'm going to invite Remy to come up now. Hi, everyone. I'm Remy Kessler. So I grew up in France and in Los Angeles, and I'm a current senior here at Johns Hopkins, and I'm starting medical school next year. So my walk toward Jesus was a long one, but a great one, one well worth the journey and at the same time merely beginning. I grew up in an irreligious household. My mother as an attorney is someone who believes in solely rational and concrete thinking, and my father as a surgeon followed similar suit. I therefore grew up in an environment in which the Bible nor God was ever discussed. Throughout my childhood and teenage years, religion was still not part of my life, nor was I interested in it at all. When I left for college, my mentality remained similar. I like to describe myself as a preacher of non-religion, and I truly believed that all religion had no place in my life. As I was challenged more in college, and partly due to the fact that my two random roommates happened to be Christians from rural Pennsylvania and New York, I began to question my hard and steadfast beliefs. While I had always believed in God, I had not believed in organized religion. Things changed rather quickly when I began reading the Bible, books on Christianity, and other more academic apologetics books. I then began to think that perhaps there was something to all of this. 
I learned the biblical stories and tried to understand the historical basis for Christianity. I often think that God placed these roommates in my life to introduce me to God as well as other Christian friends. As I began coming to the village, I learned from and experienced followers of Jesus and their message that God was love, that he wanted me to know him, and that faith in the Lord brought meaning to life in a way I never knew before. Sammy Lindgren, who is here today and will join me in the baptism, was instrumental in teaching me some of these lessons. As time went on, I grew more and more convinced that Jesus was real and that he was reaching out to me. After engaging in serious prayer and realizing that God answers prayers, that God is good and almighty, I began to believe in Jesus. I also visited Israel in January, and never have I been more overcome by the sheer presence of God than in Jerusalem. From the Sea of Galilee to the Western Wall and the Israel Defense Forces soldiers who put their lives on the line to defend the Holy Land, it made me truly gain a concrete understanding that this land was God's dwelling place. Through continuous scholarly exploration into religion, and specifically its intersection with science, I came to two conclusions. First, that it was more likely than not that Jesus was the Son of God based on writings and scholarly sources. As a scientist, this became a very important acknowledgement, personally, in order to go further in my spiritual journey. Second, as I learned more about the molecular biology of of heredity, my faith in God only continued to grow. As I study the complexities of science and how the body functions, it leads me to believe that this extremely precise and complex organization could only be due to an intelligent higher power, God. The scientific knowledge I have acquired thus far leads me to believe that the universe as we know it, along with all of its wonders and intricacies, cannot have manifested itself from chance alone. Lastly, scientific knowledge allows us to generate hypotheses, conduct experiments, and produce results. But what we choose to do with those results for the betterment of humankind, that speaks to our morality and the conscious choices we make on a daily basis. To me, this serves as further proof of God, and I became a Christian. The moment I began to believe was a pivotal moment in my life in that what I did each day, how I behaved, how I treated others, how I spent my time was now forgotten for his greater purpose. I tried to apply this to my daily life and I began to understand that the work I do and the work that we all do is to be done for the glory of God and to help in repairing the brokenness of the world otherwise known in Hebrew as tikkun olam. It says in John 8:12 when Jesus spoke again to the people he said, "I am the light of the world." Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I've learned that God is love, grace, and peace, and I want to follow Jesus and live my life for God. I choose to become baptized today to proclaim this, and as C.S. Lewis once eloquently implored, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Amen. And Chelsea's going to come up and give her testimony. Hi, my name is Chelsea. Um, I didn't want to cry giving it, but I was already crying like beforehand, so I apologize. Um, all right, but a little bit of my testimony. Um, I can't remember a day when I didn't know about the person of Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. This is like not even an emotional part at all. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Okay. I grew up in a family where um, we talked openly about the Lord and attended, I attended a Christian school through most of middle school. Whenever someone would tell me that they didn't believe in God, I remember as a little girl always being shocked because that was just such my norm. Um, so that was a whole new world to me. Um, 
Um, my parents divorced when I was six, so I guess you could say I grew up with a lot of different influences and learned heavily to rely on myself or to protect myself through anger or distance or being the good girl at school. Um, I probably, ew, snot, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Could not be more real. Okay. Um, um, I probably, <laughs> thank you. Um, I probably tailored myself depending on my environment, but needless to say, it was exhausting and made me even angrier. Things in my life kind of came to a head in high school when I developed an eating disorder. That was my release and how I could control things since God obviously wasn't changing my life or my circumstances. You see, I so strongly believed in God and that he sent his son to die for me, but I don't think I actually knew what that meant for my life. I thought I was a passive bystander. I think I actually felt like I was the victim and that God wasn't being a very good genie answering my wishes. So I thought life would work better if I took the reins and were angry with him. I rebelled, and yet he pursued me. I tried to push him away, yet he made himself known. I thought college was finally my open door to independence and my opportunity to find out why I believed what I believed. Was it just because my parents raised me this way, like everyone says? I took philosophy classes and tried to open my mind, but it all kept convincing me more and more that humans are limited and finite, and God is who he says he is. And then like a good father, God let me move to Manhattan to pursue my dreams of fashion. Little did I know his plans for fashion school were much different than mine. He used that semester away to get me alone and to get me quiet enough to finally listen, to finally realize my dependence on him. It was dreadful and beautiful at the same time. It was seeing how awful of a sinner I am, all of my selfishness and pride, and yet how loved I am. I moved home, and the Lord... I moved home and the Lord brought a dear friend into my life who, for a whole year, would not stop asking me who I was. It was the most obnoxious question. <laughs> I had no idea how to answer and would try to skate around. But it was probably the most life-changing question I could have been asked at the time. I didn't know who I was. More importantly, I didn't know who God said I was. The whole point of... The question was to get me to think about my identity, the source which was shaping so much of my decision-making. I believe I accepted the Lord at a young age and was indwelt with the Holy Spirit, but I ignored convictions and didn't spend hardly any time reading his word or getting to know him better. I was trying to define myself, um, trying to define for myself what it meant to be a follower of Christ, but being pursued by the Lord and the people he has placed so intentionally in my life, for the first time I began learning who God is and who I am in light of that. That by grace, through faith, I am counted free because Jesus took my sin upon himself on that cross. He chose me. He called me his friend while I was yet an enemy. And he delights in me, a truth that is still hard to grasp. As Isaiah 42 says, Comfort, comfort. Tell her that her sins are pardoned. It is because of the audacity of this gospel that I don't have to be angry that I'm not perfect because I don't have to be. Jesus is my perfection, and that is offensive to a perfectionist. But, oh, is it the most humbling, freeing thing? His burden is light and frees me to love him and walk in obedience, even if I fail at times. And I want to show my obedience and love for him by finally getting baptized today. Amen. 
I'm going to invite sisters to come up and then our pastors as well. And uh, as Remy mentioned, uh, Sammy, where are you? Sammy to come up as well. And uh, we, we like to invite when folks get baptized. You can turn to them. Let them see you. Uh, we, we like to have when people get baptized, we ask them if there's anyone in the church who's been instrumental in their journey, whether inviting them here or whether helping the disciple or maybe even share Christ. We want them to be involved in the baptism. And that's Sammy for, for Remy here. So that's, that's, a, that's a powerful thing, and we, we like to celebrate that. So we're going we're gonna to pray for them right now before they go back to get baptized. Why don't we put a hand on them and, and pray? You can all join. You just reach out a hand as if you're praying. We'd love to have everyone come up here, but there's no room, so you pray from there as we pray for these women. Lord, we praise you, God, for reminding us of transformation. And just as strikes me listening to these three um, women's stories, how in some sense they're so different. But Lord, in many ways, it just comes back to the same idea that, that we're broken. We can't fix ourselves, And you, you're able to do what we can't do. We love you, God. And we thank you for these three women here. We thank you for Caroline and for Remy and for Chelsea and for them bravely sharing some things that I'm sure are pretty personal so that you could be glorified, to be reminded that even in our deepest brokenness, um, you are more than capable of fixing us because Jesus took our pain, our suffering, our sin upon himself on this torture thing called a cross so that we could have new life as he rose from the grave. So I, we thank you for new life that we have seen demonstrated in these three here. We celebrate with them, Lord, but we also fight with them because we know this is not a one-and-done deal in terms of our growth, Lord. We're just continuing to grow. So we pray for these three. You protect them, protect them from the enemy's taunts. We specifically pray, even as, as, as the enemy might just... Uh, mock them saying, why did you share that stuff? Why did you put it out there for public consumption? You're no different. You're not changed. Lord, guard their hearts. Guard their minds. Let them know that the promises that you have for them are not just because there's this very high spiritual moment right now during a baptism. It's for every single moment of their life in Christ. So we give you praise, Lord. We thank you that as a church, we get to be part of of, of some of this life transformation. We give you glory for that, Lord. Remind our church this is what it should be about. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.